Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most artistic, athletic, tenacious, basically unique and interesting people in the world. Everyone has a story, each person a scholar. Welcome to season three. As we continue to seek out some of the most unforgettable humans, some of the most memorable stories, in the first two seasons, the show featured guests from over 60 different countries and will continue down that path because it is imperative that we cherish the differences. And we can only do that by getting out and journeying into unknown frontiers, whether it be physically or simply through conversation. We have an awesome show for you today with a terrific guest, professional football player, professional kicker, Ernesto Lacayo joins the show. Ernesto is currently a professional football player with the Arizona Rattlers, who are currently members of the Indoor Football League. Ernesto is originally from Hayward, California, and he played his college ball at Hastings College in Nebraska. Since his time kicking collegiately, Ernesto has embarked on a very successful professional career that has lasted over a decade. During that time, he's played in several indoor and outdoor leagues. He first was started with a Nebraska Danger in the IFL, and having finished his most recent season in 2021, he was named All-IFL Second Team after he finished the regular season, nailing 85 of 93 extra points and 6 of 10 field goals for my hometown, Arizona Rattlers. During his professional career, he's earned professional tryouts with the San Francisco 49ers and the Chicago Bears, and signed with the XFL Seattle Dragons before the season was unfortunately cut short because of COVID-19. During that season with the Seattle Dragons, he nailed three field goals, including a season-long 47-yarder. And on top of all those stats, he is a wonderful interview, and he nails all the answers on today's shows, including hitting me with one of his favorite movies, which is an absolute gem, one of my favorites as well. Perhaps a top 10 comedy of all time. Wait do you hear which one that is. On today's episode, Ernesto and I chat about how he's had the resilience and tenacity to maintain a professional career that has lasted as long as it has. We also discuss how he's changed his approach, both mentally and physically, and how he's adapted along the way. Ernesto also reflects on his career and his travels, and he shares with us a great story that he had on a trip to Portland. This was my first time chatting with Ernesto, but it was an absolute blast. Like I said, he nails all these answers. I think he's got a career ahead of him as a journalist. Super stoked to follow him this season, and they kick off March 19th against the Duke City Gladiators. Thrilled for everyone to meet him. You're going to love him. So let's go ahead and bring on kicker for the Arizona Rattlers, Ernesto LaCaio, and let's learn. I know you played ball at Hastings College. When you think back to those years in Nebraska, what are the first memories that come to mind? I mean, the, the, one of the things that really just jumps into my mind is the people in the Midwest and Nebraska, the, the hospitality. Uh, the second thing is the cold. It was always cold, <laughs> and that was something that being a California boy, and adjusting to the Nebraska weather was, was a bit difficult. It took uh, quite some time to get used to, but you know, the people, uh, the atmosphere around there and the small, like tight knit groups and, and that small college is what really just jumped at me all the time. And I couldn't be more grateful uh, to have met the people there and, and played successfully and, and always uh, bring my roots back to Hastings College. Very cool, very cool. Well, from there, you began a professional career that geez, has spanned a decade now. You played pro ball for over 10 years in several different leagues. Mm-hmm. First question, where does that grind come from? Because that, that's tough to keep staying at it for so long. I mean, yeah, I think it's, it spans back to my childhood. I mean, my mom and my dad were very hardworking. 
uh, I didn't really have to go very far from the means of my house to know who my heroes were and the inspiration because, you know, one, one phrase that they always told me and my other siblings was, if you're going to do something, do it right or don't do it at all. There was definitely never uh, a time for wasting uh, any energy on something that you're not going to put 100% effort into. And then growing up from that, you know, watching my, my sibling, my older sisters, you know, they were very successful in soccer and, and in sports. And my dad being a professional a football I mean, soccer player in El Salvador in the late 70s, you know, just wanted, I wanted to solidify myself, create my own legacy and also bring, uh, you know, some honor to the name. And every single year, it presents itself a lot of obstacles and just wanting to get better every single day. And the mantra that I go with is that I have to be better today than I was yesterday and tomorrow even better. And uh, that's something that's always helped me out. I mean, now that I'm at a, uh, the different, you know, chapter or, or I should say the timeline of my career, you know, I'm having to battle against these uh, young bucks, 23, 22 year olds, and, you know, still be able to show them that, hey, these old guys can still do it and uh, put them through, you know, just the, the motivation within itself. Well, and again, the proof is in the pudding with that. You've been doing it for 10 years, so the success is there. What I'm curious on, how have you changed as a kicker? What do you know now that maybe you wish you had known when you started? What's given you the edge now to compete against those young bucks? I think the understanding that, you know, going into each every season, understanding that, you know, failure is going to happen at some point or mistakes, I should say, uh, and to not live in this uh, fairy tale world that you're going to be perfect. Um, when I was young and, you know, your ego is in the way, uh, you always want to be perfect, to be the best. And at sometimes that can present itself some problems because when obstacles do arise, uh, some individuals just don't know how to bounce back from that. So having that mentality and be able to watch, you know, other great athletes in different sports and seeing what their philosophies are, you know, it really helps me prepare for every single season and for every single day for the new opportunity um, to be better and at the same time perfecting my craft and being able to learn and adjust uh, with training other individuals, whether they're younger students or also guys within the same, you know, ranks as me, you know, you're always going to learn something from somebody. And I think that if you put ego aside, you know, it's it, sports and, and life itself can present so many opportunities and, and a room for adjustment. How has the training changed? Because I know that when I played, kickers were mm -hmm. ostracized in a lot of ways, right? It's like many times they only kicked and it was just, hey, during practice, everybody would be over here, but the kicker was all isolated and then coach, what do you want me to do? Well, I'll just go kick. And initially there were no private coaches, there were no kicking coaches, but now it's evolved. We're seeing not only sure. private kicking coaches, we're seeing kicking camps, kicking clinics and videos everywhere. So now there's kicking is a lot more advanced. So how has the training evolved in your career? I think that, the, that there's coaching now and more uh, camps and combines that are more specialized to the position as opposed to just, you know, in high school for the majority of the time, schools are like, we need a kicker. So they'll go to the soccer field and they'll <laughs> They'll find the guy with the biggest leg, probably not the most accurate, but with the biggest leg. Whereas now it's, you know, they're starting from a young age. From you see, I've seen uh, sixth graders um, hitting 30-yard field goals, which was unheard of. I remember when I was a freshman in high school, kicking a 30-yard field goal, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so having coaching like that and clinics of that sort and improving the position itself, whether it's the kicking, the punting, or the long snapping, the specialist, um, they're preparing them much more than there was before, I would say 10 to 20 years ago when I was going, because um, when I started, there was no, you know, the social media, I remember MySpace and YouTube was in its infancy. So, uh, <laughs> you know, there wasn't even watching the NFL games, you didn't have the back view of film of what you see at the kickers and the, the snappers now, where 
when I was growing up, I had to really get close up to the TV and see, I think that's what they're doing. So you're trying to work with what you can see and what you're, you know, have accessible. Uh, and then the kicking game itself. I mean, it, it's, we come in all different shapes and sizes. I should say that much. I mean, you've got some big uh, Husky kickers, you got some really tall lanky guys, and then you've got individuals like uh, myself and some other guys that I know that work with other positions and want to build their body and like to go tackle. So it brings more uh, respect. I always tell guys, start learning how to tackle, be an athlete out there. Don't just go kick at practice. There's always something to do, but that's what's revolutionized the game. And I think that's, it's just the beginning of what's going to see what's going to come. Well, kicking is also known to be equal challenging mentally as it is physically. So for you, what are the steps you take maybe during the week to get yourself in the right frame of mind that you're calm, but also ready and focused for game day? Uh, it goes back to my film study and also understanding uh, what I need to do on a consistent basis with my craft. And, you know, uh, we have something in the kicking world called a CSP, which is a consistent starting point, meaning where you sit is has to be the exact same way every single time because it's a game of inches. And, I, and it's probably smaller than that when it comes to the kicking game. And also preparing myself mentally. I, I enjoy watching a lot of golfers, even though I don't golf myself. But the golf swing is something very similar to the kicking game as far mm -hmm. as the philosophy. And so being able to watch great golfers and also bowlers, uh, you know, pitchers, people that have to do a consistent swing all the time and, and have the same craft and mechanics, I think that I, it sets myself up. I, I have a history background. I love, you know, learning about all, you know, history and also sports history and what makes, you know, legends in all sports and women and men, uh, what makes them tick. And I think that as I set myself up during the season, getting for game day, you just have that positive mentality. It helps me out, um, get through the games. Now, that's not, you don't know what's going to happen in the game, but you do your best by preparing yourself throughout the week and being able to bounce back when obstacles do arise. You mentioned golf, and it's the first thing I thought of. When I talk to mm -hmm. golfers, I always ask, how do you move past a good or bad shot? Because they have to do it from hole to hole, course to course, day to day. So for you, a successful kick or a kick that might not go, how do you move past that? How do you just focus on the kick at hand? It's different because of the outdoor game and the arena football game. The arena football game taught me because it's a high-scoring game. You pretty much can't sit down because within a minute, there could be three touchdowns, yeah. and you're just like, oh, wow. You can't dwell on the positive and the negative. So I learned uh, to have uh, – I always tell young guys, you've got to have a, a goldfish uh, mentality. Yeah. You know, the 10-second memory, you got to forget about it, make or miss. You can – if you had a great game, you know, after the game is over, you can uh, analyze, you know, enjoy it if you can. If you had bad ones, you just got to forget about it because um, I think that's what helped me out throughout my career is my arena uh, path is whether I made a kick or not, you know, you got to forget about it because each kick is not going to be the same. Yeah. And each situation is not going to be the same. And so I think that's what's made me very successful and, and have this longevity. Um, I'm, I've been known in the kicking world to have like a very, uh, ice in my veins, as they say, or, you know, very quiet and, and very, I see, you know, disciplined, but, um, if people know me, I do, I do speak, but a lot of my teammates probably have, not, have never heard me speak more <laughs> in a complete sense because they're just like, yeah, he comes into work and everything. He's always completely dialed in and that's what it goes back to. And I think to be successful in anything in life, you have to be dialed into what you what you love and what you have uh, accomplished throughout your career. Yeah, you said that every kick is different. So I'm guessing that because of that, you want to control what you can control. And I'm guessing that a ritual is important for each kick. So for you, what's the ritual 
that you do before each kick, whether it be physically, mentally? Mm -hmm. I think um, in the kicking world, we have, or even golf has a swing thoughts. And whether it's something internally that you say in your mind or something you say verbally outside and over and over again helps. So as the situation comes, either a field goal or an extra pointer or a kickoff, I make sure that as I'm approaching to the field, I'm telling myself, you know, head down, follow through. And as I'm getting ready to get set, um, my holder that usually holds the ball kind of already knows, okay, this guy says it out loud. As I get set, you know, like I always say either, you know, I count my steps back, one, two, three, like head down, follow through. And then I say out loud, tempo. Tempo to me is that the tempo to the ball and how I approach it is the exact same way, whether it's a, a short kick to a long distance kick. So that um, that's where the, when we were young, you think of that a 50 yard field goal, you got to, oh, I got to crank this thing. Not really. You know, it's like you let the leg, it's a club, it do, it's going to do its job. And the tempo to the ball is always going to be the same. That way you're never thrown off a curveball or a surprise because the hole might be different. Uh, the spot sometimes isn't there all the time. So you have to make sure you're controlled and level-headed. And that's not easy to do. It's something that you do at the lab by yourself when no one's watching. That's when the best work is done. Yeah. Well, you also have a philosophy that I love that was aim small, miss small. So will you talk more about uh -huh. that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the first time I ever heard that was from one of my favorite uh, history movies. Um, it was uh, Enemy at the Gates. It was a sniper oh, movie. Yeah. Um, I believe with uh, Jude Law, if I remember correctly. And I remember, you know, snipers have that ain't small, miss small mentality. But then you hear, you see shooters, you see crossbow, you see the Olympics and stuff like that. Pitchers, you know, they have a small target. And it's not so much having that in the outdoor game because the goalpost is a much bigger. Mm -hmm. it's because of the arena game where the goalpost is the size of two doors. It's only three yards wide that you have no choice but to aim small, miss small. So when I get set, my eyes are always not at the goalpost. They're always at an object behind it or someone that has a really bright jersey or uniform or shirt in the background. It could be someone with fans, which, you know, uh, thank God for them that they're standing behind the goalpost, whether they want to keep the ball. And I'm like, oh, they're helping me out because that's what I'm aiming for. So, that's the mentality I've always had. But I mean, just I can recall back, I think I was uh, probably 10 or 11 years old when that movie came out. And there's one thing that just stuck with me. And I help at least students try to make sure they honed in on that because you tell a young guy, they're like, ain't small, miss small. They're like, well, the goalpost is that big. I'm like, yeah, until you miss and you're going to be like, what's going on? Yeah. So it always helps out. By the way, are you at a football practice now? No, no. I just oh, okay. finished actually from a football practice. I thought uh, I thought I heard a whistle. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, it's it's pretty empty around here. But okay. uh, no, I try to find it, it. That's another difficult thing as a as a as a kicker is uh, the pandemic was a little bit different with uh, fields being closed. So you got to yeah. make sure you stretch out at home. You jump the feds, get a couple kicks in before you get kicked off. <laughs> so it's uh, it's it's it, it comes with the territory. Um, but it's it's one of those uh, positions that it can be uh, lonesome, but it's really rewarding if one's successful. When I saw who you were, two words stood out to resilience and tenacity for you because to have a career as long as you have, you've had to have both of those. You've had to be very tenacious, very resilient, especially because you played in multiple leagues. So how'd you handle right. the emotional challenges that came with maybe transferring from one team to another and just transferring to different leagues and always on the grind? How did you just handle that emotionally? Jumping around these leagues, um, arena football, I always tell people when they ask me, What's it like? And I would say two of my favorite comedy movies are 
Major League from the 80s. Oh, baseball. come on now. We could come on. We could do another 30 minutes talking about Major League. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I can hit on the lines for that. And my kind of team, Charlie. Center. My kind yeah. of team. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Cleveland still had a team. Huh? Yeah, we got uniforms and everything. It's really Half these great, guys so. are dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, then get someone else. So it's, <laughs> that's the, I love that stuff. Oh. I always say you, you got you to get that movie and the movie Semi-Pro with Will Ferrell. Okay. You combine those two, and that is the tipping – you know, it's the tip of the iceberg of what arena football experience can be. Okay. Um, it's, it's rewarding because of the fact that there's some organizations that are not well-ran than others. Mm-hmm. And some leagues tend to fold and teams tend to fold. And that's always difficult because when you're young, you know, you're like, okay, you want to be invested in an organization. Suddenly, the next day, they're gone and you're a free agent. So now you're on the same boat you were at a year before. Mm-hmm. And it's just like finding jobs with resumes and going to workouts, you know. Uh, grinding it out, working, trying to get some money here and there to go to a workout. That's not a guarantee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've been to many workouts where I'm like, oh my God, there's seven of us. And a coach will be like, you know, gentlemen, we're here to find a kicker. And after the workout, all of us did really, really well. And they're like, well, gentlemen, we already have a kicker. We're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it becomes yeah. a cattle call, we call yeah. it. But um, that's difficult. And the thing is, you know, uh, my biggest inspiration is two worlds and my grandmothers who, um, Two have passed away already, and and they were always telling me that you got to have dreams, and if you, if you don't have dream in this life, you really don't have much, and you got to be able to meet, keep them alive, and you're gonna have a lot of naysayers, you're gonna have um, a lot of people down you along the way, but if you love to do something and you know you can see, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, you're gonna put every single thing you have and energy and time to make sure it happens. So. You know, it's not been an easy career. I think one of my coaches, Joe Nenny, was a former uh, NFL kicker, played for 16 years. I remember and, him, yeah. Yeah, he was awesome. He was my coach for six years, and I remember the most realest thing he ever told me. He's like, Ernesto, uh, being a professional athlete, you're going to go through a lot of sacrifice. You're going to lose a lot of people along the way. Relationships are going to be, you know, they're going to be a dime in a dozen, he told me. So he's like, look, you got to make sure you stay on the grind. If you really want this, you know, you have to be in control. And that's one thing in my career that I always wanted to do is be in control um, because you can be kicking it. There's a lot of people we see on social media that are kicking individually, but they're not on teams. Mm. That's very easy in a controlled environment. But to be in control and test your craft and be in game situations like the Arena Football League, the XFL, the NFL, and most of other leagues, I mean, you really start to see the individual and how he performs and also where he's at mentally and where he's going to be. Yeah. So much uncertainty with that. I know that you've got this mentality of grinding and everything, but there's just so much doubt and uncertainty that comes. So when that happens in your life, and even if it's not necessarily football related, when that doubt creeps mm-hmm. in, I find that for a lot of people, that's where innovation comes from. So for you, when you've encountered doubt and uncertainty, what has been the driving point to move forward? Just to be able to look back in the mirror, you know, look yourself in the mirror and, you know, be able to, I always say, check yourself because I think that when one gets comfortable, that's when the problems arise. You know, you don't want to get too too comfortable. Mm-hmm. I've seen guys in, in multiple uh, leagues and teams that I've been on where they get comfortable and suddenly, you know, once they try to set their roots there, they're gone. And then they'll retire. They don't they don't know how to handle that. So being able to look in the mirror and and when doubt kicks in, you know, you go back to the lab, you start to reassess, you know, your style, your craft, and see what you can work with and see how you can adapt. Um, because if you don't adapt in this game and, and if, if throughout my career, people can see, oh, my God, your style has changed. Yes, based on injuries and how the body's feeling, and you start to figure, okay, let me try this. Let's see, I've seen this guy. You you can see three different kickers, and you're like, I want to try this. And if something doesn't work, 
you throw it away. Mentally, if you filter it out, and you start to hone in on what you're doing. So I'd say, like, going back to it, it's just being able to look yourself in the mirror and, and tell yourself that, hey, look, if I'm going to keep going with this, i got to change something here. And if it doesn't work there, you got to keep on improving. You know, you live a lonely life as an athlete, as a kicker, mm-hmm. especially as a kicker. Yeah. I'm sure there were times where you showed up and you hadn't met a lot of your teammates and they're like, who's this guy? And, oh. and, you, <laughs> and I know that, especially with a lot of the tryouts and everything. So when that happens, they probably don't have a lot of faith in you. They just met you for the first time. How do you do that as far as cohesion with the new teammates? How do you allow these players to trust you for the first time, especially if they're just meeting you on game day? If they're meeting you on game day, I've never had the experience of on game day, but I've okay. had the experience of like a couple of days before. Okay. So a good example was the XFL where, you know, we were brought in four days for a workout before the first nationally televised games against Washington. And I showed up with uh, my cleats and a, a little duffel bag, probably with the stick that I have. Whereas my two peers, they showed him with two suitcases. And I'm like, you know, guys, we have a flight on the way back today. They're like, well, we don't know if they're going to choose us. I'm like, ah, they're not going to choose any of us. After the work, I had a pretty good one. And they're like, we're going to go with you. And so I'm like, I have nothing. <laughs> um, I don't know who's going to drive my car from the airport. Yeah. Anyways, I went back, came back. And then I remember the first uh, team meeting. Uh, Coach Jim Zorn was like, hey, uh, guys, uh, we're going to introduce you guys to a new kicker. I was the fifth kicker to be brought in oh. and everyone's like, there's a new guy. And I remember yeah. 70 guys just shift and I'm like, oh, I got to stand up and do this. And, you know, he was telling my career, you know, I've been, Hey, I've been here uh, playing for 10 years. And I remember the whispers. They're like, how old is this guy? <laughs> so <laughs> a lot of these young guys don't remember the original XFL. And I mean, they were probably in first or second grade when I was there, you know, in eighth yeah. grade. So, I mean, and then just being able to go out there on the field, uh, I think guys started to see that I got there early. I didn't leave like the other kickers. I stayed. I did some running. I lifted with the guys. And then I started doing tackling drills. And a lot of guys, I can see that I always tell guys, you've got to do that to be able to win the respect. Be smart. Know your limits. You know, I mean, I remember when I was 160 pounds trying to tackle a guy at 250, it's like a mini Cooper hitting a truck. Yeah. Not fun at all. So you have to build your body and, and being able to win the respect of the guys. And as long as they see the grind that you're putting in just as much as they are, because by all means, every other position in football, it's tough. Kicking is one of the easiest positions at practice, but nobody wants it on game days, I would say. (laughs) As far as your physical training, where does flexibility play a role? And has that increased as you've gotten older? Yes, I think uh, having a background in martial arts and taekwondo, I've done it for 23 years. Um, Being able to be flexible in, in, in every facet of your body, it helps out with um, not getting injured very often and also having a better lift on the ball. I mm. think guys who don't are not flexible, uh, they tend to hit a more of a lower approach ball where guys you can see like punters and kickers in the NFL, they're all very flexible. They have great range of motion and that ball is where it comes that lift. Being able to develop your core at the same time and also have this balanced weight training. I think everyone has a different philosophy, um, but being able to have my martial art background and also my weightlifting and also um, learning from track, um, you know, athletes to be explosive, it also helps out. And, you know, you, you have to do those things as, as much as the bodies and the wear and tear over the years. You know, I, I still hate doing ice baths 10 years later, um, but you got to do those kind of things to be able to help the body out, doing the steam room, stretching out there all the time, and just keeping it up over and over again. Because when I retire, yeah, I can, I'll probably find something else to do. It's in my blood. I always want to do something. But until then, I got to give it everything I have 
and at least when I'm old, I can tell, you know, either nieces and nephews or my, my children, like, yeah, I was able to do it and I would do it over again. Fantastic. You've played in indoor leagues, outdoor leagues, several different teams currently with my hometown guys, Arizona Rattlers. Love it. I got to know some stories though in all your time, because you mentioned semi-pro and you mentioned kind of the uncertainty in some of those leagues and the XFL and Mm -hmm. whether or not there'll be a team in the following year. I got to hear some stories. So when you think back to just your grind so far in the last 10 years, what are some of the, just the the funny stories or the unforgettable stories? What are the first ones that pop in your mind? (laughs) I think the first one that popped in my mind was something that I would never do again. So in 2016, I was playing for the Portland Steel of the Arena Football League. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was having, I'm sorry, no, 2015, it was Las Vegas Outlaws. We weren't a very good team, but I was having a very good year. And I think I had created this long leash. And one of my, my first godson was having his baptism in the Bay Area, and we were going to play in Portland. So I asked the coaches, hey, is it okay if I uh, go and do this? I'll meet you guys at yeah. the game on game day. They're like, no problem. Uh, so the baptism was on Saturday, the same day of the game. The game was at 7 p.m. And so at 10 a.m., we did the church thing. I didn't go to the party, and I go to the airport. I should have gone there around 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Plenty of time. When I get to the airport, my flight was delayed for four and a half hours. Oh, no. And I'm like, this is getting bad, and my phone's getting blown up. Yeah. So we get on the plane. I actually paid extra money to be the first person in, to get out of that plane. So I'm running. We get to Portland. I'm running. There's 30 minutes left before the game into the airport. I find the first text. I'm like, I'll give you $100 if you can get me here. He's like, no problem. I'll get you there in 10 minutes. And it was a 30-minute drive. <laughs> I have never driven so fast with, with a taxi. <laughs> I probably wouldn't recommend that. I get to the stadium, and I couldn't find the locker room. So I go, they, they score me somewhere over here. And then I bump into a, another guy. And he's like, hey, are you the kicker? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh, thank God, man. Dude, I haven't kicked in six years. They just found oh. me at the bar down the street. <laughs> I was like, what? Fantastic. And so when I get to the locker room, the guys, I was like, man, this is really embarrassing. I'm getting ready. I got 10 minutes to get warmed up and start the game. And a couple of guys walk up to me. And they're like, they start patting me on the shoulder. I'm like, so they're like this. Oh, my, my condolences, condolences. What do you guys think I happened? Like, you were at a funeral. I'm like, no, I was at a bathroom. Like, oh man, get get ready nah. for the game. We got to start. <laughs> and you know, it was a rough night because uh, uh, in Portland, that was the same. They were celebrating the Roddy Roddy Piper's uh, uh, death. He's oh, from Portland, I believe. Okay. And I'm like, oh no, this is gonna be one of those rowdy games. Honestly, first extra point of the game, the ball gets snapped over our head. I try to go chase after it, and one of my teammates, instead of helping me out, backs away. <laughs> so then two guys at over 300 pounds slam on me and I ended up tearing my upper pectoral here and I couldn't even lift my arm. So it was one of those things that I'm like, I laugh about it now. I'm like, I can never do that. Things wow. like that. Other funny stories when I was in 2013, Louisiana, which brings me back to the movie of major league. Um, I was like, Hey, we got to take an ice bath. They're like, yeah, there's an ice bath in the shower over there. in this is Jenkins stadium. With a, no joke, it was a motor from a little boat Fantastic. they were put into. And that was, they're like, yeah, you got to crank this thing. And I'm like, I'm just trying not to get my feet cut up because of this motor. So, and you know, things like that. It's, it's just funny. There's endless stories that I, yeah. I plan to write in my book someday about the arena football career or my journey itself. Because each team is a chapter. Each experience is a chapter. And it could probably be into a movie for sure. And I think everyone would have a kick out of that. Yeah, well, I, I'm looking forward to that. How about some more positive experiences? Which was the uh, rowdiest fans you ever played in front of, or the most passionate? Most passionate. Either positive Arizona. or negative. It could be oh. the home team or the visitor. 
both positive and negative has always been the Arizona Rattlers. And, you okay. know, I've played in a lot of places. I mean, I, before I played for the Rattlers, I played them 17 times and I never beat them. And each time that loss got worse and worse. In fact, their two biggest wins and record-breaking scores were on two teams that I was on. <laughs> so, I mean, they, I, I can appreciate Arizona Rattler fans now from now that I'm, I'm one of them. Yeah. But I, sw- I swear they knew my social security number. They knew everything about you. They, they get there extremely early. They knew when they, I was going to warm up. They're just like, nope, they're going to be there. They're like the black hole, the Raiders. They're like the snake pit. I, I hated kicking on a certain direction because I was like, oh, I got to walk over there. They just know everything. They got laser pointers at the time. Um, I think they stole a couple of my footballs. I couldn't warm up uh, <laughs> at halftime. So I laugh and joke about that. I think they're the most passionate. I think the loudest place I've ever kicked where I couldn't hear myself think or say my steps out loud was in my home uh, field in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the very first game in Seattle, I like to take or count out my steps on my kickoffs. And I had to yell, literally yell because I couldn't hear myself. And I'm like, this is, I'm like the home team. I'm like, why is everybody loud? I'm about to kick off. But they were just, you know, that stadium is just designed for the sound. So I would say that, you know, first Arizona, because my, my, my heart goes to them and how passionate they've always been. And then Seattle, just because of the fact that, wow, in that one season, they were really for it. And that stadium is just surreal with sound. I know you don't get a lot of time to explore, but best city to get out and have some food and the places where you're like, you circled that date on the menu. Like, I can't wait to go back to here because they have this restaurant or this type of food that I really want to try. I would have to say, although there's no team there, but when I was playing in Portland, I have a special place in Portland. It's beautiful there, very green. Uh, and I like the outdoors, but um, whenever I get a chance when I was playing there, I mean, I, I love a good craft beer. I love great food. I love sushi uh, or poke bowls, stuff like that. But I like the food trucks. I've always been a food truck fanatic person. So anywhere that has food trucks, I'm like, ah, that's, that's the equivalent of a, of a hole in the wall. So it's going to be the best food. Yeah. It's always going to be the best food. So Portland's always a place that I, I wish I can go back and play. Uh, current team, current cities that have teams, um, I would have to say anywhere in Texas. I like Texas food. Uh, okay. Can't beat those steaks. I mean, <laughs> everything is bigger in Texas. I mean, you get your, you get a lot for your, what you pay for there. You know, so I've enjoyed that. So, but there's not much time we get a chance to really explore. That's the thing. And yeah. uh, it depends on how the organization, if, if, if you win, some, some organizations they want you to stay a little longer. So then you get a chance to explore. But uh, I haven't been on too many winning teams in my career, probably too, uh, with the Rattlers and then the Wichita team. So aside from that, most teams just want to get on the plane and get out of there. So. Yeah. Well, when you're in Portland, did you get to Voodoo Donuts? I did on the last day I was there. Okay. So. <laughs> Um, everyone was always talking about it and, and it wasn't very far cause I was staying in Beaverton. Uh, and then, you know, we would go to downtown to go practice at the, where the Blazers play. Yeah. But on the last day when I was like, you know, I'm going to take this road trip on my VW bus. I'll take the coast all the way down. Let me get a bucket of voodoo donuts just to take back home. And, uh, I didn't, I didn't think that line would be that long and I <laughs> yeah, yeah. miscalculated that one. So <laughs> I miscalculated the line, but also that it was cash only. That threw a wrench. I That's to... right. Yeah. That's right. You're but right. Uh, that was cash. <laughs> Gosh, this has been one of my favorite conversations. I'd love to hear just all your stories about time on the road and, and all those little, those little funny moments too that not oh, even yeah. on the field. It's just those between travel. I'm sure you got a ton of them. I encourage you to write a book. Also, come back and share more stories on the show. We'd love to do that. But what, what's next? What do you got coming up as we start 2022? And also, how can people follow your career? 
if you look at follow my career, mostly I'm a very, uh, um, very popular with the, with, and also very moving with uh, Instagram. I have a Twitter too, but Instagram is the place where you can always follow me, reach out to me. Uh, 2022, getting ready for the the new IFL season of 2022. Uh, hopefully, it's a good luck year with uh, me being wearing number 22, and we can bring that championship back to Arizona. And uh, just before the season, I plan to uh, start the very first uh, arena clinic or combine uh, for kids and professionals that want to go and take and learn about the arena game and you know mostly prepare kickers for this because the average lifetime span for arena kickers is only three games and it's a travesty oh, because wow. you know the adjustment so i would like to start a camp and hopefully create something in the future for a combine where arena uh, coaches can come to one central location preferably in arizona because the best weather uh for that and they can choose as much as like the nfl does for us as combine so uh, i'm going to start the first very uh Lakeo arena kicking camp and uh, hopefully bring in some past arena kickers and also current ones to be able to, you know, express their philosophies and how they become successful and be able to pretty much let the new or the next generation be prepared and hopefully increase that lifespan of the arena kickers. Brilliant. Fantastic. You mentioned your social media, but I didn't hear if you still had the MySpace page still. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'll tell you what, when I had a MySpace, uh, I remember uh, uh, people were fighting to be on my, my top five, I believe, or top yeah, 10 yeah. or top five. I yeah. feel like I had a really good page, but uh, now that I think back <laughs> on it, yeah, I, I'm getting to that stage where I'm like, Instagram is good for me. Yeah. Um, and, and then Twitter, I'm like, well, that's, I just like to share things from there. I don't get to. Yeah. Do you remember any of the songs that you had on your MySpace page? <laughs> I think at the time, um, I've always been into alternative rock. Uh, I, I think the last Pretty much the last song I had there was from Audio Slave called Like a Stone. So, brilliant. Brilliant. One yeah, of the best. That was it. One of <laughs> yeah. the best. best. Best rock singer of all time, Chris Cornell. So, yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> I would love to. When we're back in Arizona, I think I'll be there in February. Uh, yeah, we can always meet up. I'd be happy to talk more of this story. Let's with do you. it. Let's do it. When does the season start? Season starts March. I believe the first week of March, we first play at home which is, has not been done for Arizona in a long time usually yeah. we're always playing away yeah. so it's nice uh, I think they're setting it up perfectly because I think one of the best matchups was Duke City in yeah. Arizona with overtime so they're that's the first game it's in I think the first week of March cool how do you feel about Mediterranean food oh I just had it yesterday I just found a new place loved it all right I just found a new place <laughs> February when you're back in town I'm taking you to the best Mediterranean Middle Eastern spot it's in Tempe I'll take you there and okay. then we'll chat some more Awesome. I'm down for that. This was really good, man. You nailed it. You nailed it. I had a, a lot Appreciate of blast. It, and like I said, we could chat more about Major League. See, when I think of Major League, the movie, uh, when I was playing for San Diego, they were like, how did they find you? And it, I go back to that one scene when they found the catcher in Mexico and he was all hungover with the sombrero because I used to come out in sombrero. I was like, ah, that's a pretty accurate description of how they found me. I was in Mexico when they called me. So <laughs> <laughs> That scene when they're all waiting there. I'm laughing now. <laughs> when they all keep pulling up and Charlie Sheen's on that, gives the guy the fist bump and the motorcycle rides away. It's, 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 it's genius. It's genius. Oh, yeah. Great movie. People don't bring it just. I always tell people, you got to watch this movie. Oh, got to watch it. So. It's so good. I, I like you even more because of that. So <laughs> awesome. Awesome. My man, count it down. February, we're going. We're going to eat. We'll talk more. But thank you so much for today. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Talk All to right. you soon. See ya. All right, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation to my man, Ernesto. Looking forward to catching you on the field soon. Be sure to give him a follow on Instagram, lacayo underscore 89.
Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento. Aviento.